Hello and welcome back. We're back for a new episode. Um, you'll notice today that unfortunately Jesse is not with us. Jesse is fine, but Jesse's family dog ran away, so he couldn't make it to the podcast. But we have an amazing host you all should know from the podcast, Emily Coley. Hello, everyone. We also have an amazing guest, one of the guys I've known for a couple years, for, for a good number of years now, I guess. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Purvis, how you doing? I'm good. Good. You can get a little bit closer. It's fine. There we go. Yeah, don't be afraid no. of it. There we go. There we go. That's how about per- that? Oh, there we go. That's good. Perfect. So, yeah. So, Jesse's dog ran away, so he's not going to be on podcast, um, unfortunately. Uh, so, if you see a... I'm going to just guess, uh, you know, a big brown dog. His name is um, Melvin uh, running around the Vestavia Hills area. Uh, please, please capture it and take it back to the S's family. Is it really named Melvin? I don't know. I just, um, I just guessed. Reward. That was the first thing I was going to ask you. What was the dog's name and a description? Could not tell you. Um, mm. I'm just, I just see that being the Jesse family dog. Melvin. Melvin is the most famous Purvis in the world. And it's Melvin Purvis who captured one of the gangsters in the 30s in Chicago. Like he was, uh, he's been played by a bunch of people in movies. Uh, Melvin Purvis. Melvin Purvis. Yeah, he was an FBI. Any relation? No, not that I know okay. of. Okay. Yeah. Well, Emily, you were just in Chicago. I was. Before Did you see any ga- purposes up there or, like, gangsters that you could have caught? I saw some gangsters, a.k.a. my friends. But on that famous <laughs> last name note, I just heard on the radio today that a bunch of people pilgrim pilgrimage to Salem, Massachusetts this time of year. And a lot of them are descendants of Sarah Nurse. If you read The Crucible, was that her name? I thought it was Abigail Williams. Okay, that's the main girl. This is one of the ones who died. And they were talking about her famous offspring, or her famous descendants. Okay. And one of them is Mitt Romney. Who has binders of women. Who's binders of women. (laughs) And gosh, there was another really good one. I'm drawing a blank, but hey, do your genealogy. You might be related to someone hung for witchcraft. Cool. Or killed or put on trial for gang banging. But wow. yes, Chicago, awesome place. They mentioned that same story. Like it was on NPR, right? Yeah, during that, lunch. That girl, she was like, I'm related to like eight people that were hung or something. Yeah. I was like, man, that's some. Guess they're all. Sisters. That's dark. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah. I have an ancestor who was, I think they were burned. At the stake. But this was back in the England days. Anyways, that's what my mom told me. 
Off her Ancestry.com findings. My dad has, like, a huge book of, like, our family lineage. Um, and, yeah, I've never read it, but he knows, like, everything about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're, like, fifth great uncle, like, started the Civil War. And I'm like, <laughs> himself. you didn't. He was one of the signers of the Order of Secession, which is, you know. Class. Not great. Uh, but, yeah, there's some darkness in our the Wyndham family past. I think every. Every family's got that that dark chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a, when my aunt passed away, I used to have, like, I, I'm a hoarder of sorts, and my aunt was a hoarder, but she had more taste in hoarding. <laughs> um, and I used to have a lot of the family heirlooms, and one of the thing I, things I came across was a KKK, like, it was in the... 1920s and I don't remember exactly which relative it was but it was like his certificate and it was like for joining and it was one of the most ornate weird documents I'm getting chills telling y'all about this and it's something that I've lost since and I'm not like I'm not sad that I lost it right yeah but it was really weird when I came across it yeah because you know like it makes you feel uncomfortable like yeah well oof. I guess Everybody. they went from giant scrolls to little wallet sized cards in just a few decades. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looked like the most ornate college degree ever. Was it in like one of those like old, old ye German fonts? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And it was folded up and like hidden. It was something. It was one of those things that I, I like. I just grabbed boxes of random stuff because most of the family didn't care about random right. ephemera. And I was like, got home, and it wasn't until like a month later when I was going through the box that I was like, oh shit, that's weird. Not gonna frame this one, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And Take it, that to the frame shop, be like, can y'all make, the, can y'all make this work? <laughs> I bet a lot in this town would. Yeah. Maybe you have to go south. <laughs> um, Anyways, off the KKK. Yeah, <laughs> off the clan talk. Off this crazy. Chicago, what art museums did you go to? So I only had like about a 56-hour window. And so I spent, you know, a good half day at the Art Institute. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because I got to do like little Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of thing. I want to do that so badly. Yeah, um, great art, amazing stuff. But also they had this amazing Monet exhibition that was, called Monet in Chicago and it was called that because it was all Chicago private owners and collectors putting their pieces together in this like giant exhibition and you're like why why do they have all this stuff but the coolest part was I turned a corner and saw a picture and I was like oh my gosh I had a print of that hanging up in my house like my entire life and I sent a picture of it to my mom and my stepdad my stepdad was like, cool, what's that? Never seen it before. And my mom's like, it's literally hanging above our bed right now. <laughs> He's like, hmm, I'll have to look at that again. Uh, <laughs> so men don't notice anything most of the time. Uh, but I did like the architecture boat tour, which I highly recommend. And I wasn't going to ask my friends who lived there, if we could go on it at first, because I didn't want them to be, like, tourists shame me. Right. It was their idea. Yeah. Even, like, their siblings, Pat and Kevin Barons, and the other Barons boy and his wife 
came and joined us. And that was, like, amazing. Yeah. Really cool. And then went and looked at all the Frank Lloyd Wright homes that I could find. And that city is just everything. There's so much cool art. I'm pretty sure the Frank Lloyd Wright or, uh, school in mm-hmm. Milwaukee is closing down. Tallison? Uh, I don't know if it's Tallison. I think it was, like, the Frank Lloyd Wright School of Architecture. It was, I like, think- closing. Do you know about that? I don't know about that, but oh, I, okay. I, I saw a Reddit thing I about Frank Lloyd Wright recently. Yeah, about. problematic guy. Yeah, it was like one of those, like, who's problematic, but you don't know it. And Frank Lloyd Wright oh, was one of them. So yeah. problematic. You should watch the Ken Burns. They have like a two part Ken Burns on him. Oh, really? Do you know that his like entire. He had like a party once at his house, Taliesin, which he had to rebuild, I think, three times because it caught on fire two times. But the first time it caught on fire, he was having a dinner party and his butler slash servant person locked everything set it on fire and then murdered everybody with an axe as they were coming out including his His like mistress his mistress um i don't think his wife made it that far uh to to that house but this is legit you can look it up on wikipedia it's real which it's it's in the ken burns too but also, then he rebuilt it again, and I believe it burned down from an electrical fire. So, great idea for a screenplay one day, but yeah, very Yeah, you have a Frank Lloyd Wright bag. How do you feel about having that now? Um, well, I've seen, I've been, I've known about all this way before that. And um, you're like, eh. You yeah, just, she's a supporter. She's yeah, like, she's hey, like, this is cool. Yeah, well, it makes sense to me. I yeah. think just the... I, I've honestly, I'm brainwashed. It's like I was born into his cult, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I got my first Frank Lloyd Wright book when my parents always inscribe books. It was like Christmas '97 or something. So, um, yeah, I don't feel too bad. But one thing I will say is like he's a total narcissist, probably bipolar. He was so controlling about everything he designed that he would even send like his clients' wives, like, clothes. Be like, you need to be wearing this when you're living in this house. He would send them new silverware, plates, vases. Of course, he built build them for all of it. But, yeah. Like, everything in his house had to be part of his vision. And I would hate that. Is it? There's a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Birmingham in there. It's in. I don't know about Birmingham. Florence. I know there's one somewhere Florence. in North Alabama. Yeah. Oh, okay, I like think Florence. The one in Florence is the only one in Alabama, but it's been like restored. It's in really good shape. Yeah. We should field trip one day. I get him confused. He's not the one that did like the crazy looking metal museum in LA and stuff. That's is Frank that Gary? Gary? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I saw a cool thing by him in Chicago. I didn't even know that was there but yeah frank lloyd writes the prairie style he's more houses than yeah yeah when i lived in western massachusetts there was like when you would put in google maps it'd be like here you're, i'd drive by a frank lloyd Wright mm-hmm. house and every time i'd look at it i'd be like oh, that's pretty bobo that's nothing special to me well i will say he's like one of i like, probably the first architect to really coin an american style because, you know, yeah. if you look, everything is like neoclassicism or Victorian, but he created a style that mimics, you know, the long lines of the prairie. And uh, 
I respect him for that, for thinking outside the box. Hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, thinking outside the rectangle. <laughs> he's pretty cl- he's I like pretty that. Fly. Was he like a dropped living room kind of guy where it's like two... Actually, there there are some. I think there was this one house that does have like a dropped area like that, and you know, I made a ten thirty a.m. tour reservation, and surprise, three hungover boys didn't really didn't, didn't care to, to do miss that. it. Yeah, um, and I'm like, damn, because so I you didn't get to go. No, I didn't go to that one, but I would have gone alone. Screw yeah, well, three hungover boys. I've done several things girl. alone. It's fun. Oh, there was one hungover girl. But mm. yeah, no, I, I, I got a good taste. I'm gonna come back. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. But great city, great, great guests, or great. I'm a great guest. Well, great hosts, the Barons Brothers, Flying Circus. They they know how to yeah show show a girl around town. Party well, a lot of Birmingham's moved up there too, like recently. Yeah. Like Leslie, Haley, Rady, although he's not really, he's kind of adopted Birmingham. Um, Heidi, like there's a whole crew that just survived their first. Blake Wimberly, like that whole crowd, just like every time, and I'm like, y'all just hang out with Birmingham people up there, but I'm still jealous, right? Yeah, and then I'll like I'll spy on like the few like their added friends because I assume they're as cool as them. Right, I'm like, man, bring them down to Birmingham sometime. Yeah, or. I just need to go visit. We'll go. We should visit together. Well, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'd love to. LOL. I um, do want to go to Chicago because I've never, I've only like flown through and mm. I was supposed to, you know, have at least one day there, but it just didn't work out because um, my dad got the flight times wrong. But uh, yeah, um, always we're supposed to go. We were supposed to go this September, but it's not going to happen now. I will say the craziest thing I noticed was... Great story trip. Like the beach, <laughs> kind of like the waterfront area. I guess it's Lake Michigan. It yeah, like looks Michigan. like the Gulf Coast. I mean, they brought sand in, but it's like completely blue. I'll show you oh. pictures later. Yeah. It, it's it's wild. My brother lived up in Milwaukee um, for a, a year, and he... Uh, I mean, I saw people surfing on Lake Michigan. Like, mm-hmm. it has, like, big waves and stuff at certain points. But, yeah, they have, like, a nice beach. and So nice. And the other nice thing is they have, oh, gosh, is it the 6, the 6, 806, 606? I don't know. All I know is not 808s and Heartbreaks, but it was something else like that. The 806, I don't know. Some walking bridge or, like bicycling bridge and you know they have asphalt but on the far sides they basically have like a yoga mat like runner that you just like walk on so you're oh, freaking I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is awesome I literally have a video of just my feet on that being like wow this is so cool <laughs> I felt I felt like a little Bama girl. Speaking of beaches, you just got back from one. Am I, I right did. about that? Got a nice tan. The beach, Panama's nice tan. Did you say nice tan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a tan. Got some color. Yeah. I, I can barely see where can your see skin starts and your boots end. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all one brown Blood piece stone. of. Yeah, I went human. down. I went down for Memorial Day because. I usually like the family has like a beach condo, but everybody uses it all summer. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all the actual adults in the family. So yeah. I usually go in the winter or in the early spring 
or whatever. But my parents, my mom wasn't feeling well, so they weren't going down. I was like, I have kittens that I'm worried about letting out of the farm, and I don't want to keep them in the studio. And yeah. so I went down with three kittens and my oh. cat, Dorothy, and hung out at the beach for a week. That's and awesome. He's at PCB. How is PCB? Because I knew some people who moved up to Birmingham from PCB. There's a lot of them. Yeah, and they were like, we left because when the hurricane, like their house got destroyed, and I can't remember which Ivan. hurricane it was. It, was it Ivan? Ivan really it was Michael. Him. Michael was yeah. like three years ago, three or yes. four years ago. Really it was Michael. Earlier. Yeah, because there's a lot of family of friends from here that right. were affected by that. They and said, the, the whole place still looks nuts. Yeah. Okay, it does. I was going to Like ask, once you like, get to the actual city, not where the beach is, but once you get to the actual city... And, right. like, look around, like, there's still, it's like, man, there's trees. Same way when you're here and you're, like, especially driving through, like, Gardendale or Forestdale or right. that kind of area. And you're like, this is where, even when the tornado from 2010 or 11 came through. Oh, yeah, it's still um, barren. Yeah, it's still, like, not doing great in Mexico right. Beach and that area. I heard it was because the city just ran out of money to, like, clean up everything. So they just were like, yeah, just leave it, I guess. Oh, I I don't know about that side of it. Yeah, that's what I was told anyway. But I was like, surely at this point, three years later, they had to have like, you know, made some repairs, fit, picked up debris and stuff. Well, so much of it, and not to go on a tangent with all this, but a lot of it's like, oh, well, you got flooded and you didn't have flood insurance. Right. Yeah. Because it was a hurricane that caused the damn flood and yep. insurance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, well, no, you actually, it was the flooding that did it and you're fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is my understanding. I don't. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. We were building That's a true. place, not on Panama City Beach, but on the Gulf Coast, like Perdido, and we decided against it pretty quick when, you know, all the houses around us were just... They weren't falling down because, right. you know, they were made after they changed the codes. But it's just a lot of risks there. Yeah. And I told my parents to be underwater in 20 years when they bought the land anyway. And that's, now they're taking me seriously. That's one of the big reasons my parents got out of Charleston. Like, every time it just rains in downtown Charleston, the whole city floods. Like, straight up, knee-high water everywhere. Oh, and they were like... You know, with the way things are going in 10 years, this is going to be like this when it's not raining. So they picked up and left and pretty happy about it. I think Miami Beach is going to be underwater like soon. Soon Soonish. Yeah. I always hope not, but I feel like if it's soon, maybe people actually take it more seriously and like reckon with it. Yeah. Because the idea, like, right now, we're in the, like, golden area of living, and it's about to move north of us. Yep. And we're about to be in the, like, too hot area, and it's already too fucking hot here. It um, is pretty toasty. I mean, even today, I walked outside after the rain, and I was like, it's only 85 yeah. outside, but holy shit, 100% humidity, like, the whole parking lot outside of exactly. my studio. The like, it was just, like, 100% humidity, and I was just, like, walked down the stairs, and I was I was like, fuck this. I Dude, felt the same this I can't cuss, right? Fuck, oh, yeah, yeah. you can say whatever you want. Kidding? Fuck shit, balls, yeah. Damn. Whatever fuck. Hell. Cool. Um, this time, well, next weekend, last year, so almost a year from next mm-hmm. weekend, um, I refed a lacrosse tournament over in Hoover. And that Hoover complex I was refing at, 
is all AstroTurf, like with the oh, black yeah. pellets underneath it. It's like 120 degrees. Really? Hotter. It was like 170 yeah. on that turf. And I got overheated, like thought I was going to die, throwing up all night, just like water. Um, it was bad. Uh, but yes, yeah, like this is unsafe. Like, why are we out here doing this? I had oh, no idea turf was like heaty. Oh, it yeah. Like it's the biggest argument melt. against Well, ton of arguments against it, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty tough. What's that school with the blue football field? Boise State. Boise. Is that turf or is that grass? That is turf. That is turf. And whenever they're not playing on it, they have to cover it up because the first time they laid it down and didn't cover it up, uh, birds thought it was water. So they all dove and they came out to the field the next day and there's just dead birds everywhere. That's some end of the world vibes. Yeah. Ah, Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact about Boise State. (laughs) Um, so you're just at the beach. Mm-hmm. Where are you off to next? I don't really know. I, I actually came back from the beach and then I went with, um, Taylor Hollingsworth and Rosser oh, yeah. and, uh, Macy Taylor were playing back in band to this blues musician named Jimmy Duck Holmes, who's out of Bentonia, Mississippi. Like they, we drove, so I got back Wednesday and then I left Thursday morning with them um, and they did band practice at his blues club, which is the oldest running blues club. I think it's been since like the forties yeah. or so. Um, and Taylor had played with him before, but neither of the other two had, and they basically did band practice, which was a performance. And then they performed the next night in Oklahoma city. And, wow. and so I just got back from that last night. How far is Oklahoma City from their spot in Mississippi? Uh, we drove about three hours that night, so it was about six or seven hours through okay. Arkansas and Oklahoma. Gotcha. And then coming back, it was about a 12-hour drive with all the stops. <sighs> Damn. Well, the pictures you posted looked awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was a really cool little venue, and they have a their annual blues festival is not this weekend. I think it starts... I don't know when this is coming out. It starts uh, uh, Wednesday the... Or tomorrow, maybe? It starts, like, Wednesday the, like, maybe 9th of June, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, that kind of area. And it was rad. And yeah. it, like, has camping. And right. I didn't know who any of the musicians were, but, like, they play outside. I mean, the beer prices, it was a dollar twenty-five for a 12-ounce, like, Coors or PBR what or whatever. Um, and it's been there forever and... I don't know. I if, so I, to answer your other question, I may be going to Austin this weekend, but I don't really know yet. I'll yeah. find out today or tomorrow. That'll be um, hot. Well, it'll be it's, but it's a dry hot. Dry. It I, is. I I can take and dry hot. Yeah. It would be for a movie. I don't really know what the movie's about. I I know the movie's about an artist who's a female, and I think is a graphic designer as well, but if the movie shoots a lot of overnights, like I'll be working a lot at night, which would be a lot better out there, but I I don't really know. And I, at this point I haven't heard. So I give it like a 50, 50 Mm. that I'll actually be leaving town. Okay. But I never know. You never know. What do you do? What do you do on movie sets? Uh, I do what I've for movies done most and grown into is what they call onset dresser. Yeah. 
So that means you, when they have a scene, it's like, oh, the camera needs to be right over here, which y'all can't see the studio, but it's like, all right, we got to move that, all that guitar shit, all that stuff so the camera can go there. Yeah. And then when the camera turns around, I'll have to move all that shit back. But at the same time, I watch the frame and I'm like, oh, that plant looks weird or, oh, that... Mm -hmm that weird blue thing's coming out of his head. I'm going to go move that or the deep, like I kind of answer to every department. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the grips and electric are like, Hey, we need to run lights through here. We need to run like cords through here. So I have to go move shit for them. Um, You're just like head of composition. I would not say that. (laughs) That's the DP. Um, But I work with, it's kind of rad because everything's so compartmentalized in that Mm -hmm. stuff. But like, I'm the only art department representative on set. Like everybody else in art department, the production designer comes in and is like, I want it to be like this. And then the set decorator comes and makes it happen. And then all the set dressers really make it happen. And then I'm the only person that's on set when shit's actually happening. So I have to carry their vision through. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also, you know, sometimes you show up to a set and it's like, oh, they were supposed to do this and this and they didn't. And it's like, I bet that all right, I'll try and fix it. I'll do what I can. Right. So it's uh, it's different every day, but I really like it because you you do deal with the heads of all the other departments. And depending on the movie, like some movies, I'm really close with the director and get to know like what they want or they'll talk to me personally. And then some of them, it's really hands off and it's the dumbest job in the world. Yeah. What's what? uh what are some of the projects you've worked on? Uh the ones here in town that I really like, the first first movie I worked on was a Christian football film, which there's a lot of Christian films that come through town. Yeah. Um was and that the which Woodlawn is one? No, Friday I wouldn't on Woodlawn. Nice. It was called Run the Race. Okay. Um, and Catherine Tucker was my boss on that. So she's essentially the one who got me into movies. Right. But then the second one after that was an A24 film called Death of Dick Long. Love that uh, movie. Yeah. Great which was movie. Daniel Scheinert was the director. Uh, Billy Chu was the writer and he went to Montevallo. He wrote a bunch of it in Montevallo. So um, it had a very Birmingham feel to it yeah. and like... It was it was just really rad. And it yeah. was only my second movie ever. I didn't realize the quality of the crew I was working with until I worked on other crews. And I was like, oh, man, that person was great. That person was great. Right. Um, so that's one of the ones. And I was actually in it for a very brief moment dancing. I remember. But uh, Scotty Lee and Wes Frazier and uh, Byron Sonia are in it. Yep. They're um, the band in the bar. Yeah, and Virginia Newcomb, who's Birmingham, or although she's moved recently, I'm not sure. She's kind of transient, so. Uh, but she was one of the bigger parts in it. It was, it was a really like I'm. I was really happy with that. It was a great movie, and you can definitely see the professionalism and the craftsmanship really come through in that movie. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I know people, you know, who worked on this. I know people in the movie, and you can see like the hard work that went into it. Cause it is like, I was telling my family about it. I mean, how great it was that one actor who, um, was like the friend. 
Andre Highland. Yeah, when he was like, man, I already used that excuse to the Papa Roach concert we went to last <laughs> summer. <laughs> dude, I laughed so hard at that. Yeah. Dude, he was great. I would have never known, like, he was an actor. Cause oh, he, he's still doing rad stuff, too. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, but he was so good in that. Like, I knew that guy, you know? Yeah. Like, I've, I've known him all, my whole life. Well, when, when the movie actually, when we, the first screening of it that I saw was at uh, Saturn, and it was way more serious than I thought it would be. Like, because when we were shooting it, I mean, he was vaping the whole time. He's like, right, like, yeah. There were so many just comedic things, and they, they ad-libbed a lot of the movie, and I was just like, holy shit, this is going to be one of the funniest movies ever. And then when I saw it, I was actually a little let down. I was like, shit, this is... It's like a dark comedy, but right. it was so realistic, and I was like, man, there's so much more humor yeah. that was shot. Because, I mean, that's part of the thing. Like, I'm on set. I see what's mm-hmm. happening as it's shot, and you see yeah. all the takes, and especially a movie like that, where because Andre is an improviser of sorts, and they're like, hey, you know, throw whatever lines you want in or this and that, and you never know what's going to edit together, which the editor of that is Paul... Uh, Oh, his mom's Melissa Springer. I can't think of his last name. Paul. He was here. He was an editor for APT for a while before he moved out there. And he's a badass. He was... When you say out there, you mean L.A.? A- L.A., yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And then I just... I've worked like maybe 12 to 14 or 15 movies now. But yeah. the only other ones that are I'm like proud of... I mean, I'm proud of all of anything I've been a part of. But... Uh, there was one sort of trust with Lo- another great movie. Yeah, is a Mark Marin one here in town? Have you seen it or no? A Mark Marin film. Yeah, shot here in Birmingham. What was it called? Sort of sort trust. of trust. No, was that one they filmed in like twenty eighteen? Uh, give um, or take. The director yeah. is this woman, Lynn Shelton, who ended up passing away. Yeah. Um, it ended up being her last film. She oh. passed away suddenly. Uh, right during the beginning of pandemic, but it yeah. wasn't related. Right. Um, no, I'm I'm gonna like go home and watch all of these. It's oh, really damn so funny. It's all like about conspiracy theories yeah. and like uh, Mark Marin run basically plays as a, a dude who runs a uh, uh, what do pawn you call shop. It? Pawn shop. There yeah. you go. It's Which was Delta Pawn. Yeah, on third. Yeah, it was Gene's shop over fourth. there on. Yeah. Uh, it's on six. Six. Yeah. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. Which is one of the raddest pawn shops it's in town. So it's like good. almost going into an estate sale. Yeah. Um, it's not like going into a pawn shop. Like great jewelry, great. I, I yeah. fucking love that place. I love What's Gene. What's crazy though is in the film, it looks like a really small pawn shop the way y'all walled it yeah. off. But if you go in there, actually it's massive. Yeah. Like, and they built like uh, holes in the wall so that you could take a picture off the wall and a camera could come through it to make it feel yeah you know like so they could actually shoot it as if it was bigger but they yeah uh they totally built a fake wall and there were only three of us in the art department on that that was one of the it was a 12-day shoot which is probably the shortest film i've worked on yeah um, it was like nothing and they improvised so much and really like all the actresses uh michaela watkins uh i mean they're it was it was a rad shoot. Yeah. I mean, how did you like get into what was your like parlay into? Doing I, all this? 
I've assisted photographers for forever. Mm-hmm. And then I never made that jump up. Like, I'll still shoot photography for people if it's people I like or something that's interesting to me. Yeah. But I'm not someone that can be like, oh, hey, come photo our... Our baby. Well, that's actually <laughs> mildly... That's more interesting than a lot of stuff. But it's like, I don't want to go photo some lawyers or oh. something oh. dumb yeah. or even photo and... I assisted food photographers for a while. I can do that well. And it's, I just, I'm used to being on sets and Ooh, sorry. No, I didn't mean okay. to burp into them. That's, that's how you But, do it. uh, hey, that's kind of fell into it. Uncensored. Yeah. Just fallen into, I was used to being on set and Catherine Tucker was the first person that hired me for a movie. Is it the same like civil stoneware? Civil stoneware, oh, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. at the loft downtown, which I actually lived in that unit before she did. I uh, was the first person to sign a lease at the Phoenix oh, back wow. in like 2003 or so or four. Jeez. Like right before it opened, um, yeah. my old boss at the Weekly was like, hey, they're trying to get people to sign units for this, you know, sign in to live here. But there was a tax incentive for people as poor as myself so i lived right. there for nothing for like three years that's oh, like that where all like the awesome. art wasn't like a bunch of weren't a bunch of artists kind of living there yeah there's they? always been a bunch of artists but it was uh based on your yeah you could on your like how much money afford. you made and being as poor as i was at the time and eh, now but at the time it was like oh i paid 456 bucks a month for a 1400 square foot loft yeah. Which it's gone way up, even yeah. with the tax incentives. But right. at the I, time, it ruled. Like, shit. I wouldn't have lived downtown. Like, I did right. no. architecture and design. And a long time ago, I had big dreams. I was like, oh, I want to go into, like, set design. Like, that just seems perfect. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'll, like, watch a show and, like, I know what fabric. I know what vendor they got the fabric from those chairs. Like, I just saw, like the budgets on some of the shows I'd watch were so great and you could actually mm-hmm. do stuff and make like a, f- a fake world essentially like it didn't have to like meet you know codes or it seemed like what I like to do when I was presenting something visually but there's a lot of ropes you have to jump through apparently to do that you have to get into like usually you have to learn to do it for the stage first and then like on an educational like credential level but yeah and set design seems amazing and i love it yeah yeah i was really lucky to fall into it and i don't think i could have done it in another market like if i lived in atlanta they kind of pigeonhole you into like you're gonna be this is your job this is what you're gonna do whereas here in birmingham it's like oh what do we need someone to do yeah and i'm kind of a jack of all trades and i'm a hoarder so and an estate seller and thrifter so it's like we don't have rental houses here yeah to a degree i've brought a lot of my own shit but at the same time it's like oh we need a couch like that i know where we can find it whereas in like atlanta or la it's like you just go to the rental house and get it but Here, it's usually such low-budget stuff that they don't have that money. And yeah. It's like, well, what can we do? That what can we make happen? So, like some of the other industries here that like aren't as big as like Atlanta or LA or New York, and like if you're involved with them, you get to do so many more things. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, jack of all trades, put your finger in many pies. Just problem solve, problem solve, problem solve. Yeah, that's one thing I really love about living down here. 
and being involved in like the design world because yeah you're not as siloed as you would be in the big city yeah i mean if i moved to atlanta i would have to straight up pick what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. and i would work all the time and i'd be working on shit that i don't necessarily care about i've been really lucky here in Birmingham that I get to work on movies that I'm proud of or or cool. Mm-hmm. I've only worked on a few turds and sometimes you don't know they're going to be turds, but right. like there's I've definitely worked on like some things that I'm very proud of. It's not just a job for me that it's like, "Oh, cool, I'm going to do this and yeah. like I'll pay my rent." A lot of people it is. For me it's like, "Oh, I actually want to be there." Yeah. I think that I makes that. a difference. Yeah. I have worked gigs where, like, you know, I wake up crying every morning to have to go in. And now I'm finally in, like, a place where I'm, like, excited to go to work. And the quality of life is night and day, mm-hmm. how that changes. Yeah. And you're, wow. Like, the cloud of depression, like, slightly lifted, you know, still be there. But it's great to, like, really love what you're doing. I know you feel that way when you go work with michael every day trip that is the exact feeling i have <laughs> wait where do you work what do you do currently at the garage ah, uh, i love the garage making sandwiches yeah i love the sandwiches there putting my education to work yeah that's what that at degree for 12 exactly. years of art school mom here it is here yeah. it is i did it um I, I like to call myself a sandwich artist he is um so yeah I think you're a Here soup I? presentation artist as well. Ooh. You really give it that little touch. A little je ne sais quoi? Mm-hmm. Yep. Je ne sais quoi. Tell me about your time working on Alabama Snake, because my whole family loves that movie. Oh, that's a documentary. Yes. I've so how it. was yeah. like that being a documentary film compared to the other feature films that you've done? That was neat, because the, the director on that, Theo, I'm trying to... My friend Ted Speaker was one of the producers on it, who he also produced Death of Dick Long, and he also produced Sword of Trust, yeah. or was one of the producers. I don't know his exact title. It might have been you. It all blends together. Um, that was nuts, because we they had already shot the documentary part. So one of the first nights we got there, and this is uh, all up near like Gunnersville, Scottsboro. Scottsboro, yeah. Scottsboro is where we stayed. Um, and Did so one of the first nights we were there, oh, oh yeah, unclaimed baggage. Uncla- baggage, yeah, it's it's really overrated. It's overrated, like but it's life. still like it's, fun. it's one of those things that's overrated. But definitely fucking go there if you're in Scottsboro. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely fucking stop there. Right, like don't miss it. Right. But, <laughs> Don't go out of your way. Yeah, you're not going to find an iPod for $5. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not like it used to be before yeah. eBay. But, um, yeah, so that movie, we actually, I worked on just all the reproduction, like the all the shots of, yeah, like, hey, we're going to, you know, this is back in time. They had already shot all of the, like, interviews and stuff, and then they had storyboarded all the like what the scenes were going to look like right so one of the first nights there um they put a projector up and we all sat in the hotel conference room of this (laughs) the hotel looked like alabama's version of the shining like is out in the middle like kind of outside of town i was like what is that six-story weird looking building oh wow more corporate new like it's not it wasn't really like the shining but it's just like a tall building out in the middle of nowhere 
And so we got to watch basically the movie before we ever worked on it. Oh, I mean, wow. like we were working That's, on yeah. it. Like we were already like, cause we had uh, the scene I worked on a lot. Like I was up there for part of the buying stuff, which was just trying to make it look exactly like where this like little old VHS was going through the scenes. And right. like, we want a couch that looks like that. We want to these, you know, this uh. gold stuff on the walls. We want picture frames that look like this. We need a lamp that looks like this just so we could match it as close yeah. as possible. Um, but and one, then you go and find those things. Yeah, you. I it's like a treasure the oh, it's like hell. A dream job. Yeah, I got to thrift through. Uh, uh, what's where Little River Canyon is? What's the town? Fort Payne. Yeah, Fort oh, Payne yeah. has thrift stores. Mm, so good. Way better than Huntsville. Been, yeah, Huntsville. Uh, well, Huntsville's fine. I grew up in Huntsville. Okay, but uh, stores aren't that great there. Yeah, so that movie we got to see basically the whole movie shot with storyboards showing what we were going to be filling in oh. as an art department. Um, and then on top of that, it was, you know, like the the director, Theo, like all of them, like they had just done a, a documentary called, I don't think, it wasn't Cocaine Cowboys, it was something cocaine related on Netflix. Oh, Cocaine Island? Cocaine Island, that yeah, was Yeah, that it. was a good one. I'm an HBO. And it's... Uh, well, I'm a everything person. Yeah. I'm just kidding. If I have a login I've from a friend. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. an ex-girlfriend or someone. I have login, so I got them all. I'm yeah. Addicted. But uh, so they, that documentary, they basically shot and they used people who were in it and they like skeleton crewed it. They shot it with like 14, like not even 14, probably like six or seven dudes shot yeah. it. Um, so when we were doing the remakes, it was one of the first like times where they had a whole crew. Yeah. So, you know, at the very end, even Theo, like at the rap parties, like I almost felt like I got a film education because he didn't know how to use the grips or the electrics or like, he didn't know how to like, here's what the gaffer does. Here's what this does. It was just like all this crew that had been on a lot bigger stuff. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like this dude just giving the keys like, Hey, use this how you want. So, for me, it was weird because art department, like, it didn't, they didn't use me that much. Mm. But we got to design all the sets. It was yeah. rad. It was a rad documentary. It was a great documentary, um, yeah. And that was, that was one of the coolest things was just seeing, like, y'all already have, like, the narratives there, the stories there, the final shot. I won't ruin it, but where he's coming yeah. up. It was, like, okay. all of it was there. Yeah. And it's right. uh, such a neat Alabama... Because it was based on a story that David Covington, I think, was the author who wrote the story of, or wrote sure. like the book. I don't even remember the name of the book, but it was illustrated partially by Melissa Springer, who is a really famous Birmingham photographer. Yeah. Who she went up and photoed all these people handling snakes, which I went to one of those churches while I was up there. Yeah. Yeah. It was. How was that? That was rad as hell. Yeah. It was my favorite church experience ever. I bet. Like, they just played rock music all the time, and they abuse the snakes to a degree because they keep them in coolers and all this, so they're very docile. That's part of why you can handle the snakes, and it's not like they're all, like, malnourished, and this is what I've heard through podcasts. Okay. I don't know for sure. Right. Um, My good friend Charity went up with me on a Friday night for a revival and then she went back the next night and took pictures because she's 
southern as shit and fits in with yeah. like, she <laughs> right. grew up like Pentec- uh, I don't know if she grew up Pentecostal Holy she grew up yes. very religious and like yeah. she could fit in whereas I was in there and I was like I don't feel comfortable right. but she went back the next night with the camera and took a lot of rad pictures yeah but yeah, that that documentary was awesome. Yeah, was, I swam almost every single day because we shot oh so God, much at fun. night. Like I would just be like, "All right, wake up at noon. I'm gonna go swim for three or four hours, and then go to work." It's a weird lake with all the milfoil. Do you notice like all the stuff growing at the bottom? It's like insane that comes up. You know that all that stuff came out from one guy. This isn't like an urban legend. It all came from one guy like emptying his aquarium, and now there's like. In Scottsboro, or just like in Alabama? Yeah, so like uh, the okay. TVA, like you know, yeah. it's one of those like lake towns, is what right, I like to call yeah. it, like flooded. And yeah, it's like overgrown completely, like that whole area, like into the channel with this like crazy plant called milfoil. And yeah, don't Oof. dump your aquariums out, people. Damn. Yeah, people don't realize all the lakes in Alabama, none of them are natural. Yeah. Yeah, that's which is nice. There's not a natural lake in Alabama. I mean, other than like maybe a tiny lake yeah. somewhere or someone's backyard, but all the big lakes are dammed up. I have like visions that like under, especially if you go to like Smith Lake where it's super super deep. Gunnersville's yeah. not that deep, but I'm just like, is My there dad's a town below next this? Like, are there ghosts of a town? It's nuts. Um, town. I've heard urban legends and i'm pretty sure they're true smith lake divers won't go down like mm-hmm. super deep because there's catfish down there like the size of volkswagens <gasps> they're just like no we are not they don't they don't fuck with it especially like right along the dam i know along the dam that's where you noodle and do all the shit no thanks my parents always told me like Scare. Whenever they tell me a scary story, it'd always be about giant catfish. And literally until this moment, I thought they were just screwing with me. Oh, no. It's oh, true. no. They get it's, up like three or 400 real. pounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have to call my parents after this. Yeah, I don't think they have a limit on how big they can get. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I hate I, that. I hate that. Three or 400 pounds. I'm throwing it out there. I kind of want to Google it, but I, I'm not going to stop to Google it. A right massive now. dog is about 200. Like a massive, massive Ma- like, dog. I'm 200 pounds. How big's a pounds. bull mastiff or a. How big's a Gatsby? A Gatsby. Not a Gatsby. Uh, a Gatsby dog. Great Dane. Know, Great Dane. I was about to say, I have a friend that had one named Gatsby. They're like, kind of lean, though. So. 160, 180? No. Mm. How much does a Great Dane weigh? Well. They weigh 100 pounds, three. How mu- 120 for male. How much do your cats weigh? Let's talk about that. Uh, Dorothy, before she was pretty thick before she gave her is kids out. Is that your out. one-eyed cat? No, that's Maya. That is Mayari, who I found in Eastlake. The other cat I got through my studio mate, Daisy. She just found her in her parents' backyard. And then I didn't get her fixed in time because I'm an asshole. And she, um, and she got knocked up. Yeah. Which I think the same gray cat that knocked her up also slept with Maya right before I got Maya fixed. What a I'm whore always breaking cat. up cat yeah. stuff on my street. Because I'll hear one just, like, screaming. And I'll go behind a bush, and there's just a cat, like, not having non-consensual. Oh, yeah. They yeah. don't have they get sex going. for fun. Oof. Yeah. And I'll just, like, break them up. And people think I'm crazy. But... 
No, you gotta keep that you. cat population down. It's like I'm just trying to like enjoy a cigarette on my porch and yeah. just kill harsh my harsh my vibe. Yeah, I feel bad that I didn't get her fixed in time because I'm such a cat person. I've probably gotten like 20 cats adopted in my life. Like I'm totally oh the kind of person if I see them, yeah, I'll pick them up. Uh, or even in East Lake where I've found Maya, I've set a trap out there a few times and gotten those cats adopted. But Dorothy, my other cat, she just had three kittens, which they're all named after the Golden Girls. Oh. So it's Dorothy, Blanche, Sophia, and uh, Rose. But I think... Oh, I forget. I think Blanche is the only one that's actually a lady. The other two are dudes. But, um, yeah, they're <laughs> seven and a half weeks old, and they're still nursing, which is way longer than, or like a week and a half longer than they usually nurse. They're the raddest cats. Like, I've never, every cat I've ever known. Are y'all cat people? I'm not a huge cat. I've had cats before, and I liked them. But yeah, I, just, well, these, I respect their majesty. I want to get a Maine Coon. But if I had Maine one, Coon? it would kill my dog because my dog's a piece of shit. Just kidding. I love you, Fenway. But, yeah, it would kill him because he would terrorize it. And I think it would have the upper hand. Yeah. Well, these kittens, they, I've never known cats that were, like, raised and actually nursed. Yeah. properly and like weren't abandoned mm-hmm. or mom got ran over or whatever Stable cat so home. like they're all like they're just like like going to Yale or Harvard yeah, kind of cats say. like they're <laughs> like oh I got raised well yeah. mom took care of me the whole time and fucking they were nursing when I left the studio today oh, and that's like awesome. they shouldn't still be nursing so I think maybe it's that awkward like nursing way too long kind of thing which I think is healthy but <laughs> So yeah. do all these kitties have potential homes yet? Are you keeping them all? There's a few people. No, I'm not going to keep them all. I, right. live oh, in a, I live in an Airstream. Like, it bakes in there. I'm not having another goddamn litter box in there this summer. Um, <laughs> you want an A-list cat. Yeah, if you want an A-list cat. I've got a few people who possibly are interested in them and want them. I won't throw their names out here, but... Um, I really haven't been that worried about it other than I might be leaving town come next Friday or Saturday, like this Friday or Saturday. I just don't know because of work. Yeah. So I might be out of town for eight weeks, which means I need to get them adopted before I leave. Yeah. Because um, ideally, I don't think that job is going to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to keep them for another week or so. Is it, I didn't know this. You're supposed to keep them for like 10 to 12 weeks. So the mom can be like, "Hey, here's how you clean your butthole. Here's how you, yeah. here's how you Essentials. do all the things, right? Um, not just get nursed or whatever. You have to wean them too, we, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was gonna ask, do you think it's gonna be harder since they've been nursing for longer to get them, you know, separated from their mother and adopted out? No, she'll abandon them as quick as I can. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she's locked in with them. Like I lock her in the room at my studio with them. They're locked in the airstream I live in when they're there. Like, she has no choice. Uh, I feel bad saying that out loud. But, uh, yeah, she'll be happy as shit when they're gone. Uh, Like, I think she'll, I mean, surely she'll miss them. Yeah. But I think she'll be pretty happy to not have to deal with it anymore. But she only had three kittens. Like, I think, which is a pretty small litter. Yeah, I can only imagine if you had six of them and, like, they already wrestle on top of her to try and get to the nipples. Like, they are fucking ruthless. Um, They're great, though. I know. It's like, it, 
it was great today until like 3.30 in the morning when they're like, let's have WrestleMania over your fucking knees. And like, then their little like diamond fucking claws are just like, like I have claws all over my body right now. One of them decided today, tried to climb up my jorts and then got to my fat roll and was like, no, I'm going to keep going. And just like kept going up my back. Like, and I couldn't reach her in time. I was like, Mm. I've heard cat scratch fever is a legitimate thing. Uh, knock on some damn wood. Knock I, on laminate. Yeah. Knock I, on laminate. I have scratches all the hell over me. We had a uh, cat growing up named Sugar. Rest in peace, Sugar. Um, Shook. Shook. She was an inside cat, and then one day she peed on my dad's clothes. And oh, yeah. She Quick became, way to get going. She became an outside cat after that. And before, when she's an inside cat, she was so sweet. She just, like, wanted to be pet by you. When she became an outside cat, there was, like, she became grizzled. Like, I saw her fight a snake one time. Garden snake. Snake's a snake. Snake's a snake. But, um, actually, that was her demise. I think she got bit by a copperhead. And that's, oh, what, that's what killed her. But, oh, no. um, <laughs> yeah, we had to. So, we buried Sugar in the backyard. My dad wrapped her in a towel, and um, about a day or two later, I come home, and that hole where she's been buried has been dug up, and there's a towel. Uh, no sugar. No, no, no sugar. Uh, and I asked my dad, I was like, um, I think some some animal like dug sugar up and you know got her it body, and her. he was like, no, no. I, you know, that wrapped her in a towel and buried her good enough. I was Six like, what? Under I was like, what color? I was like, was the towel white? And he was like, yeah. Sugar got dug up. And Ooh. yeah, that's okay. We had a good cat lineup when I was growing up because we lived kind of out on like County Line Road between like Limestone and Madison County in this old farmhouse. So we kind of had like inside outside cats. And I was just born into them, but they had the best names. There was Mealy, who was named after Mealy Earhart. And there was That's my sister's name. Yeah. Yep. I love that name. I love that name. There was Sergeant Tibbs. Any 101 Dalmatians fans out there, you know who that is. And then there was a cat named Colin, who I always thought was Colin. And he was named after Colin Powell. I don't know why. <laughs> wow. I was born into this, okay? And another one named Norman, I guess General Norman. That must be a person. Yeah, Norman Rockwell. Norman no, Rockwell. Norman. I uh, wish. I wish Norman Schwarz. Ah, oh, what was the something a boomer? If it was Colin Powell, it'd probably be Norman Schwarzkopf. I there think was go. his name. They were it all was the best. World War, not World War, Gulf War. That sounds two? all. Second Gulf War. That sounds exactly. He's probably got a baseball trading card for him. For. I think it's Norman Schwarzkopf. You had a trading card for him. I still have several boxes of trading cards. When the when the Iraq War happened in ninety three, was it ninety three? Yeah, they uh, put out all kinds of propaganda trading cards that I have since found at estate sales. I have a box at my studio that if anyone comes by, I'm like, you want a thing of trading cards Wait, from the ninety three Iraq War? Trading cards? Oh yeah, like, it's. I guess war. Does it have, like, a kill count on the back? It doesn't have kill counts, but it mentions, like, each country and then has, like, 
trading cards for all of like our weapons. Like what was it? The Patriot missiles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all that bullshit. These. Yeah. That sounds. Yeah, it's pretty jingoistic. Is uh, I've is, never heard of that. Oof. Yeah, I, I got some. I got a Colin Powell trading card. My oh. brother. That'll probably be worth some money. It could no? It's probably like they made a lot of. Them. Oh, it was really? like, Let me get was one. Tops. Uh, I think Tops might have made it. I don't know who actually produced it, but my brother mm-hmm. has a Colin Powell doll and like <laughs> one of those like foot. Long, maybe like sixteen-inch tall things, like a Colin Powell um, American which my brother doll. worked for his nonprofit in Washington D.C. So we got Colin Powell to sign it. So whenever I go to my brother's, I see like this signed Colin Powell doll that makes me really happy. That's a pretty That's awesome. Really awesome. I have an I Obama like Colin Powell. action figure. Yeah, because Colin Powell, you know, my, my you know he testified before Congress saying that, you know, Iraq has weapons of mass destruction, but oh, he got he after that he came out and was like, yeah, I had to lie. Like I was forced to there's lie. There's a he wasn't forced to lie. They lied to him. There's a pretty oh, good there's a good podcast out right now called um, Slow Burn, which it's their fifth season. And it's all about the Iraq war, which oh, okay. a lot of people on the left were bitching about. The first couple episodes, but it's a it's a good podcast, right? Um, but they talk a lot about how I listened to it coming back from the beach, actually, yeah. and they were just like, "Yeah, they they basically told him like, hey, here's all this intelligence, all yeah, this intelligence," right. and he went and put his reputation on the line and is like, "Oh, actually, most people didn't agree with this yeah. intelligence assessment." Uh, my dad went to Iraq, damn, for a couple years. Um, he said it was, uh, oh, I don't want he was not a fan after he got back cause he thought he was going over there to do, you know, his patriotic duty, um, to set up local governments. So after we withdrew from Iraq, they'd be able to govern themselves. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. He got back and was like, you know, if that wasn't, uh, wasn't really, didn't really work out that way. That's not the way most government interactions with military in the united states goes yeah, yeah we always he's not military we don't have a good we always do track a great record job making, right you know governments for other people they always go so so smoothly. so smoothly and they just love us for it yeah they're so great yeah i can't think of a time that it's gone actually gone well mm, yeah i don't think it's really going well not in my either. lifetime anyways but much less vietnam going back to the korean war I mean, World War II was just like, hey, we actually were the good guys. Yeah. And right to a large degree, even though we still did a bunch of dumb shit, too. But <laughs> Hiroshima. Yeah. Well, grandfather was the first one to go to Hiroshima after the A-bomb went off. My grandmother got out of Japanese prison camp because of Hiroshima. Oh, yeah. So mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. Yeah, mixed my, reviews. my grandfather um, was... He was in the Merchant Marines. Although my brother told me differently recently, and I don't remember the details. I'll have to ask him. But he got to see a lot of nuclear tests. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, which is why (sighs) my mom's convinced, like, we have all our family health issues because of all the radiation we got through my grandfather. If you had an opportunity to see a nuclear bomb go off, you would? Yeah. Okay. I, I am think obsessed. I would too. Like I'm the biggest pacifist in the world. Yeah, I love watching. But I still fucking love watching. Like when I'm I was down sure. in uh, for that job, I before I went to the beach recently, I went for a job to the beach, 
and I had to go try to find a goddamn hermit crab. Oh, did you find um, sea oats? We were talking about that. No, I Damn didn't find sea crabs. oats, oh. which are illegal to grow. I mean, to, illegal to dig up, but also all of the actual oats parts have been washed out the last yeah. few years through hurricanes. So you can't even find the damn oats to illegally steal, which I wouldn't have. Um, but when I was down in Destin, just like the Blue Angels, like they were doing all these military jet formations mm-hmm. going by, and I was like, ah, I fucking hate that that's cool to me. It's yep. still cool. I love so a cool. good Blue Angels show, though. Like, I love military dumb shit. I just yep. wish we didn't use it. Right. But just, oof. Oh, entertaining um did you watch the uh declassified video of the russians detonating czar bomba which is like the The biggest biggest one ever ever. yeah and it didn't have nuclear it didn't have fissile material i don't know the actual term like it wasn't that destructive as much as it was large yeah i've watched a lot of dumb nuclear stuff over the years so my stepdad works at the Y-12 plant in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is, like, where they yeah, developed, like, the Manhattan Project. Oh, no, 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 don't worry. Okay. I don't actually okay. know what he does. He <laughs> just know he works there. And he's like, I don't make weapons. I think he has something to do with, like, turning the old one, like, the power cell into some kind of energy okay. or something else. Yeah. But... Every now and then, he has to literally, like, carry, like, a gallon jug around with him and just pee in it for, like, days and then give it back to them. So they oh, can, like, so measure radiation. how much... Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I had to pee before you said that, but now I, I really have to pee. Yeah. I've we can... You can, you can go. Can yeah. we pee? Can we yeah, can yeah, I go sure. Break? Absolutely. Potty Absolutely. Break. Potty break. Yeah. Three. One, One sec. two, three. Potty. Man. What's your go-to karaoke song? Mm. Haven't been able to fucking do it. Uh, You're So Bad by fucking Tom Petty. Because on movie stuff, like when these people come into town, they're all from like New York and L.A. half the time, and they all like have their renditions down. And that's kind of like the after the first week of shooting or after the first week of production, like before you start shooting, it's like, hey, we're all going to go out. We're going to karaoke. Um I didn't so I was like, I'm going to try and get a couple of numbers down. And that's the one like I can hit all the notes. There's yeah. a, that's it. But I haven't been able to ever actually sing it. Um, I've only sang karaoke like three times, four times in my life. Maybe one of them was with Charlie Brown, Charlie Sanders singing. Um, it takes two to make a thing go right, right. which fucking goes on forever. Yeah, it's a long time. Um, I think it was that one. But yeah, I've met Charlie Brown, and I can't remember where. I had a tour guide named Charlie Brown in Morocco, but I don't think that was his real I'm name. Probably not the same guy. This is Charlie Sanders. His <laughs> dad played bass. Hey, Charlie Sanders is one of my favorite people in Birmingham, but he also is not a super go out. Like, unless you worked with him at Bottle Tree uh, okay. or you worked with him at Intermark, and I'm not even sure what he's. Oh, not Intermark. He worked at a. Another ad agency, but I met a legit dude whose name was Charlie Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I, that was your uh, n- nickname for him. I thought it was an actual person. No, Charlie Sanders is his real name, and he's okay. he does uh, he does a lot of the programming and works with Kyle and all them um, at Sidewalk. He does a lot of Sidewalk oh, stuff. Awesome. Yeah, his dad was up. the basis for Mitch Hedberg back in the day. 
I didn't know Mitch Hedberg had a band. Uh, Mitch Hedberg had a touring band with him that they'd play like bass and I think it was just maybe a bass and drummer. I have a few bootlegs where you can hear it, but it's been a while since I've listened to it. Oh, but wow. I bet he has some stories. He does. I won't share them. Yeah, no, no. He was young. He was like 17, 18 when yeah. his dad was doing that shit with Mitch Hedberg. Right. But he has one of my favorite stories about Mitch Hedberg out at the Comedy Dome and the Winfrey Hotel. But you can tell my, us. It's you not can my tell story us after. to share. You, yeah. 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 Uh, well, we'll have to have after him on. After party. Yeah, he's a badass. Yeah. He's a total weirdo. Great choice, taste in music. I don't know. I like Charlie a lot. Yeah. What's your favorite Charlie, come on the podcast. Uh, dish in Birmingham at a oh, restaurant one. to get? Oh, favorite dish other than the sandwiches at the garage. Woo! Um, Sandwich artist over here. Yeah. I'd say, and I haven't gotten that in a while, it's probably the chili rellenos at uh, El Barrio because it's vegetarian and it's fucking awesome. And El Barrio is like takes really good care of their employees, and the owners are rad. Like El Barrio is the place that I like. I don't go there enough. I've been single for too long, so I don't go there on dates or anything. I'll go with you. Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll go with you because they put cilantro in everything. Oh yeah, there and Emily has the she has the anti cilantro oh, so you don't get to go uh, I don't get to go oh man wait what I, they say they, they to them it tastes like soap or it something it tastes like soap yeah oh. I feel sorry yeah my studio mate John Lytle has that and I'm like I'm so sorry oh that's terrible it's, it's sad but yeah El Barrio Diddy shout out to Diddy uh, yeah shout out to Diddy uh, El Barrio though is the shit yeah and I just don't go there enough I had like a for a while me and Marilee had like we were we were going there every other week for brunch. Like we get there right at ten thirty when they opened and, and this is pre pandemic. Right? Yeah, it was pre pandemic and she lived uh at the time she lived at the Phoenix, so we just meet there and be like the start of a rad Saturday. I love that. We did that. that for a while. I've asked other people that before and a lot of times it's literally an El Barrio dish. Like so many people love the like meatloaf dish they have oh there. yeah oh that's my favorite meatloaf in town but i got tired of it i'm i'm a creature of habit don't know meatloaf yeah yeah so like i had that enough times and i was like it's just heavy i mean yeah. it's fucking good but it's heavy yeah uh the other thing they have there is the soba noodles or something they only do it at brunch and it's basically like ramen almost with an egg and just the best Ooh. it's it's weird it's unlike anything I've had anywhere else in town. Um, I assume they're still doing it. I don't know. Damn. And what's, yeah. your, what's your local watering hole? Uh, I'd say it's since pandemic started back up, it's been mom's. Yeah. yeah. Just because I know if I go at four, like I'll see like four or five friends I really like. And then I'm because I live in Centerpoint now, so I have to I have to get home. Right. Um, so, like, I usually am done by 7, which I didn't think I, I, like, I was hoping post-pandemic I'd not be a watering hole kind of guy. But, goddamn, once I got vaccinated and started oh, going back phew. out at 4 or 5 and just having a few drinks and seeing people I love, it's like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a pretty social person, and people think I'm a super outgoing social person, but I spend most of my time alone. Like, I, on my jobs, like, 
I work with a lot of people, but it's for like three weeks at a time. And then I'm off for like six to eight weeks. And like, Mm. I'll have a commercial here and there or something weird, but like I wake up and I'll go to my studio and then I'm at my studio alone or I'll see Daisy or John Lytle for like a minute or like here and there, or like maybe eat food with them. But I'm alone most of the time. So it's been kind of nice. Like going out and like seeing Ballard and being like, oh, oh or Lisa and like, yeah. you know, or Wes. Like, it's yeah. yeah. I don't think I've been Lisa was out of the garage the other day. Yeah, I love. Yeah, Moms is great. I love Moms. Um, yeah, but like you said, it's like you go in, you go there at any time, and you're gonna see someone you know, one of your friends. Yeah, it's just an awesome place. That's a place for friends. Was a long time for me. It's still how. I mean, shoe shops. My other favorite place mm-hmm. is just a little further. It's just, um, I mean, I I love Adiba, and I don't know. I love that crew there. Yeah, yeah, they but roll. I, I I'm a creature habit. Those are like basically my three places. I like just, someone, like I I've, goddamn, I went to Neon Moon on a Saturday night. I haven't been God, there. Oh, it, it fucking insane. It didn't suck on a Saturday. It just wasn't my crowd. And then I went there on like five or six in the afternoon on a Sunday and like Hutchins and all them were there. And I was like, man, I love this place when it's not crowded as shit. Right. Yeah. That's also, I was like, well, that's also how I feel about moms and other places. I just, I don't like crowds. Yeah. I don't like crowds at all. I don't like to wait in line for anything. I don't like to not be able to park. Except for voting. Free parking at moms. Free parking at moms. Parkside's not hard to park at. Uh, fucking shoe shop. I somehow always have luck parking there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hit or miss with the parking there. Sometimes yeah. you just completely luck out. Sometimes you'll be circling the block for for a while, for ten minutes. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Mm. Other him So, how long have how, you lived in Birmingham? Yeah. How did How did you get here? Uh, what was uh, your I grew here? up in I grew up in Hoover. Oh. And then I went to. I was smart. When I got done with high school <laughs> and went to Georgia Tech. Oh, um, damn. But then I got to Georgia Tech. I never had to study in high school, and then I got to Georgia Tech and didn't know how to study. And then I went on the road with a band and was taking photos, and that kind of fucked up that train of world. What were you in school at Georgia Tech for? Computer engineering. Oh, snafu. That is like, yeah. that's some real deal stuff. Yeah, I used to be a lot smarter. You're so I was smart. never that, like, I just never had to try to be smart. And then once I got there, I was like, I don't know how to fucking study. I never had to study yeah. before. Um, but also when you go out with a band and it's like hanging out and drinking and going to shows every night. And it was like, I don't want to be an engineer. Right. What was the band? Uh, they were, uh, well, before that, it was a band called the Toadies. Um, who they have like Possum Kingdoms are big hit. They're coming to Iron yeah, City. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, like they're coming to Iron yeah. City it's and like playing Rubberneck, their like big album. They're coming, I think it's in October or I November. Tickets on sale this Friday. Yeah. Yeah. My brother sent it to me today. Um, I ended up shooting a record cover for them. Um, cool. But then in Atlanta, I went to this thing called Big Day Out. Yeah, which uh, they have it in Australia too, I think. Yeah, that's like a bigger big day out. Right. Yeah. The one in Atlanta was yeah, like their whatever X station. I think it was ninety nine X. Okay. Um, the show that I met them on, they were playing like the little local stage, 
and I was shooting for the Georgia Tech school newspaper. So I went and this is back before anything was digital. So, I mean, you had to actually shoot film of anything you took photos of. I photoed them. And then later that night, it was uh, fucking, it was Lincoln Park hadn't put an album out yet. I hope you're not. Yeah. No, I already I, like I'm not. I'm saying made all this because it's Lincoln Park joke the other day, and someone's like, "You know, the lead singer killed himself," and I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, I, I did not know that." Oh he, my god! Rest Ouch. in peace, Chester Bennington, Benningfield, yeah. and legit rest in peace, Chester. Shit. I'm not yeah, a big dude. fan of them, but dude, that I, sucks. I, hybrid theory, dude. Their collaboration with Jay Z, one of the best rap rock collaborations uh, of all time. Familiar. I low key thought they were from Chicago because they have Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park in Chicago. Yeah. And then I brought that up when I was in Chicago, and they're like, "No affiliation." Huh. Yeah. So. So anyway, but to finish yeah. that story, I just took a few photos of that band. I didn't hang out with them or meet them that night, um, and then ended up sending them to them I think because that's when I was actually promoting myself or trying right. to be like hey here's some pictures I took of you guys uh, later that night though uh, it was Deftones okay this is one of like I didn't smoke pot or anything till late can I talk about that on yeah that? sure I didn't smoke pot or anything till later in life and I remember smoking a joint with the dudes from Lincoln Park and the dudes from Deftones um, not dudes from Deftones. It was like whoever the really chubby guitar player is. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. I can't remember his name. I don't know his name either, um, but I know who you're talking about. Who else played that name? Papa he plays Roach. plays like a seven-string LTD. Papa Roach. Someone else played. Um, but either Papa way. Papa Roach. Papa Roach. Yeah, I ended up uh, through sending photos to that band. I ended up shooting a record cover for them, and I went out on the road with them when I was like, Maybe 20? I was underage. I had my brother's ideas of fake. Sorry, Jeff. Um, nice. And they played, like, all over, like, basically this side of the Mississippi up to Chicago and New York and Philly and all that. Wow. And it was I was 20 years old, and, like, you'd get on. It was on a Prevost tour bus, so it's like you'd wake up in a city mm-hmm. and right. then, like, have all day in a city to fuck around and then... They were, like, the lowest on the totem pole of the openers. So, like, they had, like, a 10-minute sound check, 20-minute sound check, and then we'd go hang out or whatever and then party after the show and get on a bus, get driven overnight. It's a life, man. Yeah, I, I was like, this is what it's like to be a rock photographer. I'm <laughs> fuck, fuck engineering. Yeah. Um, and then here I am. Here we are. <laughs> but after that, yeah, I've lived outside of the state a handful of times but I travel a lot right I try that's what I like about working on movie stuff is it gives you a lot of like you you work really hard like you'll work like five or six day weeks 12 hour days um for like six weeks and then it's like cool I'm off for a month or two yeah do you ever find yourself in have you ever found yourself in Canada I have. My high school sweetheart was Canadian, so I went up to Canada a lot when I was actually at Georgia Tech. What part? She went to, uh, I went to Montreal a lot. Like, after my high school, after I graduated high school, I went on, like, the long summer trip with her and her family, and so we went to, like, Ottawa and Toronto and uh, Quebec City, and, um, but Mm. she ended up going to McGill in Montreal, so my first year at Georgia Tech, I went up to McGill a lot. She speak French? She did. Oh. 
Love that. Yeah. No, I've, I've dated a few ladies that speak French and never would speak French to me. Oh. Because they knew how much I liked it. <laughs> oh. That's, that's why just they cool. should. Eh, well. But yeah, so, yeah, I've spent, like, and I haven't been to Montreal since. I mean, that was when I was 19, 20 years old, and I'm 40 now, so that's, like, half a life ago, and it's still, like, I, when people are like, what's one of your favorite cities you've been to? Like, Montreal's always, like, way up there. I don't know how much it's changed in the last 20 years, but, like, it fucking ruled when I was there. I, I love a it. A long time ago, but I'm going, we're doing, like, a big family trip to Mont. That's, like, our next trip. I can't remember if it was Montreal or Toronto, um, these people were talking about, but it, they said it feels like you're in Europe. It feels like a European city it's almost. probably not Montreal. Toronto. <laughs> not Toronto. Toronto. Toronto, like... It's like mooses everywhere. Yeah, and they shoot a lot of movies that take place mm-hmm. in New York City and Toronto. Right. It's yeah. the fake New York. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, they just re-released it for its 10-year anniversary. Yeah. And that's one of the things they talk about a lot is, like, joking about, like, shooting New York films in Toronto. Yeah, that's why I asked. Is Pilgrim supposed to take place in Toronto, though? It it does take place in Toronto. But that whole scene with the skateboarder dude who's, like, the evil ex or whatever, like, that's supposed to be New York. Oh, Um, okay. A I'm lot of times when you think you're seeing New York, you're seeing Toronto. You're seeing Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it, I guess it's cheaper to film or whatever. Same kind of thing. There's no um, alleyways in New York. And so whenever you see these scenes that are shot on movies that are in the alleys of New York, right. it's this one goddamn alleyway somewhere. I think it's down near, I think it's down near like the Wall Street area. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But they shoot films there almost every day or oh. TV shows or whatever. Because, like, New York, if you think about it, when you go there, there aren't alleys. Yeah. Yeah, there really aren't. But yeah, I do like, you I think they're there. there. They put Dang. up those, like, little pink notes on, like, all the, like, stoplights or whatever. They're like, there's going to be a film shot here this day, this day, this time. Don't park here. And it's really just, like, one shot they're getting there. And oh, the yeah. rest is somewhere else. Or but pull up a bunch of old cars or... They did film... In front of, literally, like you said, like Wall Street area. Yeah. did film some of Dark Knight Rise. Dark Knight? Dark Knight Rises. Oh. Which is Bane. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. They did film that outside the stock exchange. At least part of it. They did. So, if you've seen that. Oh, yeah. When I was in Chicago, I was doing one of those boat tours, like I said. They passed by something, and they're like, this is the bank that the Joker robs with that school bus oh, in Dark cool. Knight. And I was like, snap, 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 pics. <laughs> and now I don't even remember which picture that was. No notable Still architect cool. there. But yeah, yeah. cool. Because that's like such an epic scene. It's got to be pretty cheap to film a movie in Alabama. Or is it Do more you- expensive because you have to bring in all the stuff and get housing? No, no, no. It's... There's advantages to it. Like, uh, so this film, Devil All the Time, they shot here. Loved it. Um, Did not know how dark and depressing it was going to be going into yeah. it. I just knew, like, because everyone, I knew you worked on it, right? I was the on-set dresser. Yeah. And I made a lot of the photo stuff and shot a lot of stuff for it. Right. So I knew you worked on it and you had talked about it. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch it. And then I watched it. I was like, oh. Holy, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I think. It wasn't as dark 
to me, just because I, I guess, work in it. Like, I knew right, all this yeah, stuff. Exactly. But it's weird, um, you know, because it, it's by far the, I think it's since probably Stay Hungry is the most expensive film shot in Alabama. Oh, wow. It was only, I think, 17 or $18 million budget, which is not to say only yeah. that, but that's not that much in that yeah. world. In, um, it had some real big-name actors, so like, yeah. that's probably a lot of it. Yeah, I'm and assuming. I think a lot of them worked fairly cheaply for how many big people were on it. But, um, yeah, it was it was a dark movie. I mean, it involved serial killers, murder. Wait, what's this movie called? It's called Devil All the Time. It's on Netflix. It has uh, a... It's Sebastian uh, Stan, Robert Pattinson, <gasps> um, Spider-Man. Tom Hardy. <gasps> uh, Wait, Tom Hardy? Yeah. Shot a movie in oh, Alabama? and he was like, he's the star of it. And so Tom he Holland. was... Tom Holland. Yeah, not yeah, Tom yeah, Hardy. Tom Holland. Yeah. He was stuck here in Alabama for like seven... He was stuck here for the entire run of it plus a little before and a little after i think so he was running around birmingham for a while he's done a couple interviews in seasick shirts yeah yeah no, totally yeah. yeah he uh i like you know I, you're not supposed to take pictures on set or anything but one of the times he was wearing like the not baby blue kind of i guess yeah. sky blue Scott, yeah um seasick shirt and like yep. I snuck a picture off and sent it to Dan and was like nice. look he's wearing the shirt but that was through maybe create Beham or one of them they always are like hey you're coming to Birmingham here's like a bag of Birmingham shit for oh you. nice Birmingham That's like swag. Birmingham swag and Stuff like yeah. here's where to go here's what to do they all uh, that whole movie um, Antonio the director Campos um, which his other movies, one of them's on Netflix. Christina, I think is the name of it. It's rad as shit. It's about this woman who uh, ends up, and it's based on a true story. She, like, works in local news, ends up... Rebecca, uh, is killing it, herself on air? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking good. What? And I watched it, like, the night before I met him. I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch his movie. Because um, I ended up... Christine, sorry, you were right. My bad. Um, I ended up, because they wanted to all look authentic, uh, they wanted all the photos to actually be shot on film and printed in a darkroom kind of thing. And it just so happens, like, I, the production designer on it, um, he, I told them when they were interviewing me, I was like, hey, I can do all this film stuff. So before we even started shooting, like, two nights before we started shooting, uh, oh, the photographer, he's out of New York. He's good friends with Antonio. His name's it's D-D-C-M, D-E-D-E-C-I-M on Instagram. I can't think of his real name. Devin. Devin's his real name. Um, I assisted him on, like, these legit murder scenes, like where the, you know, the makeup artist from L.A. was out here and all this stuff, and it's like, make this look like a murder scene. And so he was taking the photos... And then I would get the film from him a few nights before we started shooting and took him up to my studio, which is in a church where I'm up there at like one in the morning processing films of a murder scene that look like a legit murder scene. Yeah. Like, love it. Doesn't look fake. There's a couple where you can see a cock sock on the dude where he's naked. Whereas, like, oh, because so you wouldn't, uh, right, whatever. Yeah, on set, yeah. But that was a weird night being up there, like, one or two in the morning making contact sheets and then making <laughs> prints. 
So I had to go meet the director and be like, hey, which ones do you want me to make prints from? Yeah. So I could then pass them off to the uh, people working in the props department. And then when the movie actually started shooting, I shot um, a bunch of pictures that we ended up printing that were in the film. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, yeah. I love that. I love working on that film. Yeah, it's one it was that a great movie. I was, like, I, because of all that stuff with the scenes before the movie even started, I got to know Antonio really well. Right. And, I mean, he went to Shoe Shop. Like, they, he lived down at the... Uh, Oh, what are the lofts right there with Pizzitz? Pizzitz, yeah. He was at Pizzitz, so he'd go to shoe shop almost every night in pre-production, and then even when we got off work, he would be like, I'd go in the shoe shop and be like, oh, what a long fucking day. Let me get a drink. And then he would be in there with, like, whatever actor was coming in the next day kind of thing. Oh, very cool. Um yeah, that movie rules. It was a great movie. It could have, like, I. the only thing I read online about it that I, like, heavily agree with is they're like it should have been a mini series because we lost shit every day like mm-hmm. we never made our days like we never got all the scenes we were supposed to get yeah it was uh the one of the first netflix things shot on film so they were oh, shooting that. on film which s- just slows you down yeah it's interesting because it's like you know you can't take like 20 takes it's like right. hey Fucking get it. We get, we're shooting on film, like yeah. Whereas back in the day, that's how it always was, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, that movie rolled. That know was, it was that, on film. That one and the other ones I mentioned, uh, Death of Dick Long and Sort of Trust, are like the three that I'm yeah. like You're holy really for, proud holy of. Trinity. Yeah. Outside and, of like what you've worked on and like cool indie films, what would you say is like one of your favorite, just big budget? classic movies oh the shining is yeah. always going to be up there yeah the shining is one of my favorite conspiracies with the shining uh, i watched the documentary 227 yeah. but i don't remember what the actual conspiracies I think it was were like, <laughs> about like the moon landing was fake the moon oh landing, i don't believe the that moon was landing one was fake that was, was one real. of them that the whole like story was a metaphor for Americans killing indigenous people yeah, and like the blood. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that one being true. Uh, the Minotaur, which was the silliest one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Conspiracy theory. Then there's, I feel like there's one more. That dude's got a new documentary out that I've been wanting to see. Oh, the same guy who did the, the yeah. room, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the no, same- he, did the documentary about the shining conspiracy. yes yeah yes. yeah yeah he direct or he's got a new one out, out called a glitch in the matrix which hmm. is kind of like uh room 237 in that they don't interview anyone i mean they interview people but you don't see them being interviewed and they just take like 80s footage of like computer generated 80s like footage and mm-hmm. about how we're living in a simulation and stuff like that Loki, like I mean, the shining is pretty such possible. a good anyway, set yeah. and aesthetic. It's yeah, it's insane. What's I've crazy is shots from that for like inspirations for people's homes. I uh, <laughs> holy shit! Like I've I've watched documentaries on it and stuff, and like they built a lot of those sets. Like it wasn't just shot at that hotel, oh, for right? Sure. Yeah, and like especially uh, the big scenes where he where he's doing all the typing and stuff. They built that as a set, I think, in London. But so they wow. could control the light. They have so much mm-hmm. fucking light outside yeah. to just bleed in. Is so it that looks why, like 
when people talk about like the layout of the hotel and how like there's certain interior rooms that have like natural light from a window that would not have a window, I'm you've got to like yeah, see this in like the yeah. documentaries. Yeah. Well, that's how you always you want it to look natural. Yeah, yeah, but there's like all this, I guess, geometry that doesn't add up, and it's supposed to add to like the chaos of you know what the user or sorry, I say user because. That's we always refer to the end user and like architecture, right? Yeah, that like the audience, it's supposed to like just slightly like confuse you, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes makes sense, sense. though. I didn't know that they had made sets far away. Oh, they were on that movie for over a year, I think. And Shelley Duvall hated fucking Kubrick. He's kind of apparently a piece of shit to his actresses. Much less than the men, but yeah. you know, that's. I heard that like that age, not to justify it. It's right. like fuck. Yeah. What's the one? All I you're gonna do is say like, oh yeah, wow, what a piece of shit. Yeah. But like, goddamn, it's one of my favorite films. What's the so Christmas? Good. The Christmas Kubrick film. Um, Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. His they last said, one, yeah, yeah they yeah, did they scenes like over eighty takes on. Yeah, some shit. eighty takes to walk through a doorway. That's yeah. it. No, I dialogue. just re. I started rewatching that recently, and I was I like, every Christmas. I was like, because mm, I saw that in the theaters, and long before I cared about film, um, and I like where I live now. I have a TV as wide as my bed, that, and like I just lay in bed and watch shit huge. You just hit um, a button and it comes up from the foot of your bed. No, I live in an airstream, <laughs> so no, it, it's just it's just sitting there. A tiny bed. But uh, yeah, other well, to answer two other movies that I think are like two of my favorites that aren't that big, but I'm surprised aren't more infamous or famous than they are is. Um, there's one that's called Skeleton Twins, which is Bill Hader yeah. and... Um, Kristen Wiig. Great Kristen movie. Wig. Yeah. It's oh, Bill Hader's birthday wait. today. Oh, happy birthday, wait. Bill. Yeah. Skeleton Twins. Big I fan of the... It's pod. so but, goddamn good. Yeah. It we, just it just flows well. It's, yes, like, funny. We've watched And that. it, like, hits you well. But the other one, um, uh, this director, Mike Mills, uh, he did a movie called Beginners, um, which is uh, Hewan... Hewan... Um, uh, Ewan McGregor. Yes. And oh, it's one of my Chris favorite Ware. films. Would you like to know an interesting trivia fact? Sure. Uh, I love trivia. He's sexy. Um, Ooh, there's some, lightning. Christopher Plummer currently holds the record for oldest person to win an Oscar yeah. for his performance in Beginners. Oh, yeah. Really? Which yeah. is why I'm like, when I first watched it, it wasn't when it came out. It was years later. Yeah, a couple years, years later. later. And I was just like, how the fuck have I never seen this? And when I... Same thing, like, because I'm always a get on IMDb. What's the trivia? Right. What are the goofs? Who, who else? Blah blah blah. Right. Um, and I was blown away. I was like, "Fuck, this won an Academy Award, and it wasn't yeah. that much bigger." No. Um, Christopher Plummer, R.I.P. Died yeah. what six months ago or not that long yeah. ago? Yeah. Because Knives Out was so good. He's someone. Oh, Knives Out mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah, he's someone that I only know his later career. I haven't watched his early movies. I thought he's also great in a Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. No, and that movie fucking holds up. That God movie damn, is great. So good. Um, Swedish or the, the American no, it's the Americanized version, or maybe Britishized version. Uh, I mean, the Westernized version. Dude, people hate that movie. I think it's great. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's movie. so good. I watched it when I was at the beach. I went and lived at the beach for a month earlier this year. 
Yeah. And Panama City Beach. PCB, baby. PCB, baby. Which there's really... I always... People, I'm like, oh, well, at least you can go to a dark, dingy club or Coyote go to the strip ugly. club or you can go to whatever, but I still just go to the crepes place and go <laughs> to the one liquor store and, <laughs> like, especially then it was pandemic shit was still happening nobody down there is wearing a mask oh, oh, i'd no, walk no, into no. a bar and like be the only person in a mask and be like they right, look i guess i'm gonna weird, go back yeah. and hang out of the hotel room yeah. i mean hung out at the condo or whatever when i was just road tripping like drove through wisconsin and if you it's called a mask wisconsin wisconsin if you're wearing a mask they like they just like judged you so yeah. hard and yeah. I was like I just don't know what's yeah. going on it's, I mean now it's weird how here in Birmingham people wear more masks more than other places but for me it's like if I've, I mean I'm vaccinated as shit same. Yeah, same. and it's like uh, Aldi today I went to Aldi and it's like oh if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask but I still like all the workers are wearing a mask. I'm just going to wear a damn mask. Like, Still wearing a mask care. at the and garage. we're like the second yeah. lowest state when it comes Is to how many yeah. people? vaccinated people. So Thank God for Mississippi. <laughs> Thank God for Mississippi. When Mississippi said, rules. When I, heard that I do like Mississippi. I love Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, me too. Number one, because we're always number two to them with something. But Yeah, there yeah, we go back and forth. Yeah. They're 50 in vaccinations and we're 49. Lowest. Right. Yeah. My sister went to uh, Ole Miss, so mm-hmm. I went to Oxford a good bit. Oxford rules. Oxford. It's like fun. I tell people yeah. there's a venue over there called Proud Larry's. Yeah. Hey, there's also a recording studio called Dial Back, Dial Back Sound, which was all the stuff that uh, Fat Possum recorded there mm. for a long time. But then, Bir- actually, I don't know if he's Birmingham's own, uh, Matt Patton. Owns oh. that studio now. Oh wow! Um, and it rules. A bunch of red bands go through there, but Proud Larry's. Death, I, think. I tell people like Proud so Larry's awkward. has like a little bitty stage that's part of the restaurant, but there's also like a much bigger venue. Yeah. But like ten miles outside of Oxford, there's a rad lake that you can go camp on. So if you see like bands strangely go through there because they record there a lot, like. Yeah. This uh the show specifically I'm thinking of was um Animal Collective. This is like ten years ago. They played at Proud Larry's and so a bunch of us went and camped and like, you know, set up our campsites, all that, and then went in to watch the show and then just like had the one D D to drive us back out to the lake site. So awesome. it ruled. Yeah. And it's only like two hours away. Like it's a great go to a small city, see a cool show. I know the Williamson Brothers, uh, which the two of them, they both play in uh, Lee Baines and the Glory Fires. They're doing mm-hmm. a bunch of, sh- or they're doing a show over there, but they're also doing a show at the Nick. But right, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. They, like, But I was like, mm, standard I think it's like the seventeenth of this month, and I was like, <laughs> kind of. If I could find a couple people to go road trip over there, that'll be fun as shit. Yeah, I haven't been to a music show since the pandemic. I haven't either. Have you? I've been to, I saw the blips at Ghost Train, Mm -hmm. which fucking ruled. Um, I saw... I saw Chris the day before. I should have gone. I'm sorry, Chris. You should have gone. It was rad. I mean, it's fucking like four guitar badasses jerking off on stage. I mean, it's whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it was like, as not seeing a show in a long time, I was like, let me watch this other badass guitarist. Yeah. Like, I'd be looking, I'd be like, who's playing what? What the fuck's going on? Um, But, yeah, that I saw. I haven't been to a show at the Nick yet. (laughs) Yeah. I'm... I think Avondale's real Avondale more than anyone's like really ramping up. They just announced today Descendants are playing. Really? Yeah. Well, they have that massive stage. It's outside. <laughs> the only problem is it's fucking weather dependent. Right. I'm really excited to see what Saturn's gonna get going. Yeah. Because uh, I know Dinosaur Junior. From yeah, Dinosaur Junior. Um, I don't know much else other than that. There was something I wanted to buy. Actually, like I was like, I need to buy tickets before it sells out. So I'm I got have to my have. morning jacket. Uh, yeah, just uh, rub, yeah. That, rub that in. Dude, Thanks. I didn't even buy them. Literally, like, yeah, no, your friend. Out. My friend yeah. from high school texted me, like, hey, I've got three extra tickets to this show. Do you want to go? That would rule. Yeah. Like, Although, I don't really I like shows at the Alabama Theater, personally. I've never been to a show I there. I love them. I've seen a bunch there over the years. I'm someone that, like, I don't want to be stuck in one spot. I want to be able to move around. Right. I want to see what it's like from the right. I want to see what it's like from the left. But also, from photoing shows for years, like I want to be able to go right up front for a minute. I want to go out like deep back. Yeah. Alabama theater. I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking sit here. And then if I sit down, I can't see. And if I stand up, it's awkward and uncomfortable. You gotta just, everyone's got to stand up. Yeah. You know, if you stand up, then the person behind you it can just stand takes up or suck a dick. Special band for me to want to go there. Yeah. That's fair. I've seen a few good ones there. I li- I like the like OG kind of like old school theater feel. Yeah. But oh, I do too. Like a good opera box. I'm trying to think who I've seen out. there. I've seen opera like box. I feel like I saw Sign Wilco there. I definitely saw, saw Tom Waits there. I saw oh Kate wow. Um, there. She was. Oh, that's cool. Fly. <laughs> the one band or band. The one show I really regret not going to is Dave Chappelle at the Alabama Theater. It just sold out so quick. I know. Yeah. I, uh, my friend Glennie, Glennie Brock, who used to be the editor at the Birmingham Weekly for forever, and just like kind of this old Birmingham badass, but a lot of the younger kids don't know who she is. Yeah. Um, she, she worked, she was a big part of the restoration at the Alabama and at the Lyric. Um, and it, like, I just felt bad when I was like, haven't texted you in a year. Can you get me into Dave Chappelle? Right, like, yeah. Just like calling in the favor, like, yeah. hey, right. haven't asked you anything in a yeah. year. And I was like, nah, it'll be all right. Right. I didn't go. Uh, but I love, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Saturn will have coming up. Those I'm really excited for great. the Firehouse with them being nonprofit, doing all the yeah. shit. Even though the show got canceled yesterday, like, Eric is turning that place into like it's gonna be like a weird it's gonna be youth like music factory. Yeah, like like it's so rad like to see that happening for sure. Yeah, um, uh, I saw I've seen some great shows at Firehouse. Oh, I've seen so many good shows at Firehouse. Yeah, I mean that's still one of my favorite okay. little rooms because the Nick the booking got shitty for a long time and the Firehouse would get shit that wasn't playing at Bottle Tree, but then when bottle tree closed saturn rules but saturn's just too goddamn big yeah and it's like cool you can play the firehouse (laughs) but i do like saturn because bottle tree as much as i loved bottle tree fucking greatest venue in my opinion there's ever been um ever will be 
Saturn's very close second. Um, I the only panic attack, like straight up bad, bad panic attack I've ever had, is that bottle tree. Wes, Wes actually had to take me home. <laughs> um, Who's the band? DOCs. Ah. Were you on like d- acid or something? No, or just no, 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 no. no. I was just tripping yeah. balls. Trip? No, um, I just there were so many people. I was and they're all taller than me, and I just got really claustrophobic. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just wanted to go place, and Wes had to take me home. I was always lucky because I worked there for so long, and I me actually me and Wes and our friend Camille started brunch there, um, and did brunch there for. I think I was the last one of the three of us that still worked it. But because of that, and you worked there, you could cut through the kitchen and the office and come into that little corner side. Yeah, so even if the, the show was fucking packed the hell out, you could get right up front. Yeah. I was really lucky. That is very that. nice. But we shot, hey, here's a big plug. If you're any Birmingham people, Fucking get on uh, your Roku, your Apple TV, your whatever. Download the PBS app and go and add APT, Alabama Public Television. They have hundreds of shows that we shot at Bottle Tree. Really? The we have hundreds. signal shows? We have signal shows. Oh, fuck They're yes. not all up there. Um, but then also the subcarrier shows at Saturn. And it's just like you can just click through and there are so many fucking good shows. I did not know um, that. I didn't either. And they're all uh, Matt Whitson. I assume. I guess he's done audio there, pretty much the whole time. I maybe one show here or there. He wasn't the one recording it. I don't know if he mixed all of them after the fact, but they get they would hook into the board and record the audio. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I mean, the video was always rad because. I shot a lot of them. <laughs> um, pretty good. But they so. are like, go back in time, go see like all these rad bands that played at Bottle Tree before yeah. they were hot shit. Like uh, I never uh, went to Dan Deacon, Beach House, um, TV on the radio, TV on the radio. There's so many good shows. I, I don't know. Like yeah. some of them because of deals with the labels and all that, some of them aren't up there, but most of them are. And, it is a really, like, I mean, if you just like music, yeah. but especially if you like music and you're from Birmingham, because they were really good about recording local bands, too. So right. most local bands, it's, like, probably, because most of them aren't playing anymore, aren't together. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, like, the best little history of Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, God bless APT for, A, paying my bills for a long time, Thanks. shooting that shit, but, B, just... It ruled like right. all these bands that you know. Jay was a Jay Whitson was a big part of it as far as like picking out which bands we'd shoot and be like a lot of like weird metal stuff or like yeah. things that I'd never give a damn about. I think, but then I'd see it and I'd be like, oh goddamn, I'm glad we shot that. I think there's a Pelican one. Pelican, um, yeah. That I don't know if it's the one I went to, but there definitely is one up there that is very good. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a bunch of shows I like that I went to back in the day that I'm hoping are up there because I remember them being so amazing, like seeing man, man, there, yeah. cursive, like just yeah, man, crazy man, man. Uh, so when I lived at the Phoenix loft, a lot of the bands, I'd be like, Hey, you guys need a place to stay or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, man, man's one of the bands. They stayed at my place a couple of times. Like Ryan from man, man has turned 
I don't know if I'd say old friend, like someone that I would, I'll still text when he's yeah. coming through town and be like, Hey dude, what are you doing tonight? What do you right. want to grab dinner? Um, yeah, there's so many good ones. That's so great. again, that's the PBS app. PBS. Look up, you got to add APT manually and then you can see a fuck ton of shows shot here in I'm town. I'm going to do that tonight. Actually, With great audio. The biggest yeah. thing, and I try and tell people, I'm like, nobody gives a shit if it looks good. Like, yeah. if it sounds like shit, nobody, like, who yeah. cares if it, if it sounds like shit, you don't want to hear it. Right. But they all sound fucking great. Yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. Um, uh, yeah, people like, here just don't. every month and they don't, like, slip that into your... Yeah. Like, letter your thank you letter it's a huge i mean it's just a treasure trove just you know i'm excited to look into this this is this is all new and very exciting especially since i've never been to bottle tree i just like missed it it just was not my era of birmingham i didn't live here or anything and now i can pretend like i know whatever yeah you can be like yeah yeah i know a show (laughs) i saw beach house there yeah for sure in the flesh um, Take some screenshots. Be like, yeah, I took these photos. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> what of it? Yeah. Um, hold on. I need to look. Yeah. yeah how far have we gone? Are we over like, we're like half now? 140. Yeah. Oh, geez. Sorry yeah. to anyone it's who's listening like this long. Yeah. Just kidding. No, no. The people love it. They love it. Yeah. My well, mom loves it. Uh, Am I? We do have a. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> we Sorry, won't mom. tell her. It's okay. Um, no, so one of the cool things about the RSS uh, feed we use, mm-hmm. um, Anchor, is that it shows you a map of like all the places that people listen to your podcast. And uh, Emily's sister lives in Prague, so <laughs> there's just like this one little <laughs> blip in Europe. Always um, a blip. Yeah, I have to tell her that she'll get a hoot. Well, apparently she'll hear it. We got a big following in Prague, so uh, we're gonna get get, we're gonna fly over there do a show. European numbers up. I'm gonna tell my cousins in Holland to listen to it. Yeah, let's get this international. Right. Hey, anywhere other cool locations that are not Alabama? Ohio. Oh. (laughs) Uh, California, of course, for Grace. But um, yeah, just kind of dotted all over the U.S. Atlanta, Charleston. You get on all the continents. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, well, thanks, Purvis, for yeah. coming. This Thank has been great. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, we'll have you back on. Don't worry. I hope it didn't. You're awesome. You're natural. Go too much. No, just, you went just enough. Yeah, this is like your prequel to your NPR interviews that are definitely oh, coming dude. up in your life. That's always my biggest fear that I'll actually accomplish something big enough. And you'll have to talk to Ari Shapiro. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> like, I'll accomplish something big enough to get on NPR, and it won't fucking be Terry Gross. It'll be, like, Dave Davies or, like, yeah. which would like still rule. I would right. love yeah. to be interviewed by Dave Davies. But if if I get on, you know, that show and it's only yeah. Dave Davies, not Terry Gross, I will be fucking pissed. We'll Dave put Davies a note is, into her. We're good friends. Yeah. Dave yeah. Davies is actually a huge fan of this podcast. So really? I hope he um I I don't know how he'd have time to listen to this podcast with how much TV he, makes he probably has to watch. He makes time. He doesn't sleep. I always feel bad when he's doing his TV reviews and I'm like, God, you watch all the bullshit that I'm just like my friend said it wasn't that good, or I have like a friend I trust. Yeah. They're like, "Don't waste your energy," because I'm. I've gotten to like low key like I need like two or three friends right. to recommend, or For like sure. two or three friends 
to be working on something for me to watch it. Yeah. He's like my guru. Do you have, there, is there a show that one of your friends has recommended and you're just waiting on a second recommendation? Probably this podcast. No. <laughs> don't. Don't <laughs> waste don't your time. So. Don't waste no. your time. Uh, let me think. Yeah. Mm. Mayor of Easttown is not one that was quite that. I only had one friend recommend it, but a friend of mine, Callie, worked on it. Yeah. And so I got to see, like, a lot of her, like, Instagram stories of, you couldn't tell what was going on, but like, oh, you're obviously in upstate New York or uh, Pennsylvania. Philly. Oh, I it think, is very Pennsylvania. I don't know if they shot it in Philly, though, or in Pennsylvania. I don't know where they shot it, but the accents are very Philly. And she's British <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. And that movie Devil All the Time, all the actors were British. So yeah. Except. What uh, are you talking yeah, about? No, Dude, water. Water. Okay, he says oh, we water got, funny, but that's What's it. this whore doing in the water down there? Okay. We're going to get yeah. some hoogies at he the Wawa later. And that's it. And he calls purses pocketbooks. But I think that's just an old person thing. That is an old person thing. Yeah. Oh, but Philly has a hard accent. Shit. How have I grown up not noticing that? Oh, yeah. And just watch Mayor of Easttown. It's great. It's good. It's I great really show. enjoyed the ending. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have no recommendations other than that. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, maybe. Bad. Here we go. I The other day, it came up last night talking to... One of those times I was like, y'all are like 10 years younger than me, but uh, Nathan Barley, British TV show. Never heard it. Never heard uh, of it. has Richard Iowa Day and like a bunch of the dudes from Mighty Boosh and oh, okay. all that shit. It's only a six-part little miniseries. I don't gotcha. know where the hell you could watch it, but it is makes fun of hipster culture, and it is awesome. Cool. And I have wanted to go back and rewatch it since talking about it last night. Said Nathan Barley? Nathan Barley. That's okay. my other recommendation. Peep Came out like maybe 15 years ago. Cool. Maybe 12 years. I don't know. It's been a minute. It's like a Channel 4 show. It was Channel 4, one of those. Like it was only six episodes. But, yeah. Richard Ayaday and Julian Barrett and... I don't know. It Sounds rules. hot. Speaking of that's hot, I just want to say it's the um, 15th anniversary of Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton coming out. And <laughs> just hold that in your heart today. That's a good that's good fact to go out on. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Paris? Who? Paris Hilton. Oh. Um, yeah. The song was in... What's the, what's the movie with the girl? Legally Blonde. Killing, not killing. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, what's her name? What's the oh, show? Oh, Promising Young Woman? Promising Young Woman, yes. That, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. movie, I worked with the dude who was a gaffer on that. Oh, um, that was a great film. Yeah, he, he, so that's one of the things working these little weird movies in Birmingham, like these, this crew will come through and then you become friends with them. And this guy, John, it's like he's a badass gaffer. Like, he keeps working rad shit. And I'll message him, be like, what are you working on? Yeah. One of them was Promising Young Woman. He was a gaffer on that. So he like, was a gaffer on a movie here called Embattled, which I still haven't seen. Never heard of it. It was a, like, MMA film, which I really liked the other. Like, the main dude was, he was in season three of True Detective. I can't think of his name. Mahershla. No, the other dude, oh. the white dude who was oh, in Blade. Oh, Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, a second. But yeah, the gaffer like on Stephen that Dorf. was oh, cool. 
a badass who went on to do oh. Promising Young Women. Before that, he'd done the um, he'd done the film, battle. uh, the one about Tanya Harding. I Tanya. I Tanya. He had come from that and came to embattled. So, speaking of Promising Young Woman, Bo Burnham is in it. Yeah. Oh, his Bo new Burnham's new Inside on Netflix. His new thing? Is I've one, heard it's great. Dude, it's one of so the good. best pieces of art I have seen in years. Yeah. It is incredible. Well, and to also just him as an actor to like put yourself out there to be like, I am a good guy. Oh, I'm a piece of shit. shit. His yeah. camera work is great and his lighting in that is yeah, like he yeah. Did it all it's himself. incredible. It's, it's it's. I still need to see Eighth Grade. Striking. It's he directed. Rad. It's really yeah, good. Everyone says it's great. Like it's kind of like one of those meandering movies where it's like it doesn't really go anywhere. Okay. But it also is like oh, I'm glad I saw like this. Best, yeah. Like that's yeah, like it just kind of goes. It's like nothing. I, I really want to watch Inside like again. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it. That's good to know. Yeah. All right, anything okay. else? Uh, I'm sure there's more. And after we are done, I'm just going to be like, shit, I should have like asked him that. Get up Walker about his cats if he doesn't get them all adopted. Oh. If you want a celebrity's kitten, that's three degrees separation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell people if you want to your Instagram or like anything. I don't know. Do you um, want to promote anything besides the kitties? I don't have a website anymore. You can go to archive.org and see my website over the years. Oh, I didn't know. This um, used to be jpurvis.com. What's your Twitter? I, ooh, it's private because I used to get drunk and post bad things on there. <laughs> so yeah. I don't blame took you. it private again. So my Twitter. Privat. I mean, everything is based off. Only fans. My Instagram is jpurvis. And then I have an Instagram that's jpurvisfilm. That I need to m- post Logos, more to, which people. is actual photography of mine, which is J P U R V I S, um, and then my cats. I bought your cat on Instagram. <laughs> Mia of Eastlake. Uh, Maya, Maya of Eastlake. Been Excuse me. Uh, I know. My roommates yeah, told me that, that last night. They're like, "You don't post anything of Maya anymore." Yeah. Well, I still post stories all the time, but. Mostly to get the cats. Add to add the highlights. Maya fucking hates me ever since I got Dorothy and then she got knocked up and then kittens came along and she is, she doesn't like me as much anymore, but it's about to change. But anyways, yeah, J-P-U-R-V-I-S on Instagram is me and I barely post there. So, you know, so, I, I got nothing. That's fine. I don't have much either. Except, yeah. thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. And we Th- have hey, and Emily, thank you for being our thank co-host you for, for today. Hosting. Yeah. Why did I just call you Walker? Who's Walker? I don't know. You <laughs> did call me Walker, though. You did. But now I'm like, who is that? I, the only Walker I know is Walker Yancey, who's a fucking badass. Well, he makes rad music and him. art, and the only Walker I, I know is a Texas know Ranger. There you go. Why did I think that? Is your middle name not Walker? <laughs> You can call me Walker. Okay. Call me by your name. I think Kim Crawford's making you... Kim Crawford? Imagine things. Yeah, right. Well, anyways, shout out to Floyd Mayweather for not fucking killing that little piece of shit yesterday. All right. Let's wrap it up. (laughs) Um, Turn on. Tune in. Burn out. Thanks, everyone. Smash that like button. (laughs) Where you go? Subscribe.